Hey, it's Bill Simmons. We're not just reacting to the NBA playoffs on my podcast. We're also doing it on the Ringer NBA show and the Mismatch podcast. They are coming after some of these NBA playoff games. Check it out Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights on the Ringer Podcast Network. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity, the unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. Welcome into the Ringiverse, coming to you live from Anaheim, California, Star Wars Celebration. This is, of course... The Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. And we are Jomi, the explainer at dinner on. You've got questions. He's got answers. We are Steve Almond Joy, the cuddly Star Wars celebration bear. We are Cold Baby Chuck, 24 karat closer. He of the inspiring takes. And of course, we are Old Man Van. He of the receding hairline with Arjuna in the same room as well. <laughs> we are known as uh, the Midnight Boys. <laughs> programming reminders before we begin. Normally I give you guys like a big, huge programming reminders, but we got too much real shit to talk about to distract you guys with gimmicks. This is a low gimmick, high concept podcast. Get into it. Get into what's happening right here with all the new stuff that's breaking. We got lots of pods coming your way this weekend. This morning, the House of R released their latest pod on season four of Stranger Things, episodes one through three, which I haven't seen a second of. And I plan to not watch for no other reason other than to be different. Wait, if that collection, if, if the Stranger Things first three episodes are like five hours, how long was the podcast? Ten? An hour and twenty. Damn. Wow. Insane. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Either nothing happened in the first three episodes or Whoa. Mal and Joe were efficient. Mal it's and nuts. Joe. Mal it. and Joe are the new Dukes of Hazard of podcasting. They get it done really quick and really reckless. <laughs> they just jump over all the bales of hay. There's a lot to cover. You know, There's you can't be spending two hours on Tr- stuff. Are you watching? Are you into Stranger Things this yeah, year? Yeah, I'm, I'm all caught up. Actually, no, I got to finish episode seven tonight, but I'm basically yeah, all like, caught up. I don't know, man. I like It's not for Here's me. Here's the thing. It is long, but yeah. it's fun, bro. It's fun. Everybody come oh, back. Wow. It's, it's fun, man. That's I can't the same thing it. that you know people would say about... Never mind. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Jeez, let's get to Obi. It's too early for this. Check the feed and the socials for any emergency pods we'll have reacting to the news this weekend while we're here at Star Wars Celebration. There's always been the crazy stuff happening. Yesterday, I saw all kinds of different Star Wars people on the stage. It was amazing. I didn't get a chance to be a part of the reaction pod, but I want to let you guys know seeing John Williams give uh, a hug to Harrison Ford was nuts. Crazy don't don't lie. You was like a kid when Willow when Willow dropped. Willow's the best thing. I'm not gonna, I, I, look, I'm not going to... They won't let me get into my Willow bag. I'm a Willow trooper. <laughs> I'm going to be like... Uh, WillowCon 2020. I'll be honest with you. I'll be real with you. Of all the stuff that they showed yesterday, <laughs> Willow was by far the best. They showed a Mandalorian trailer. Don't do this. Bro. Okay. Don't the do Mandalorian this. trailer was exciting. Andor was good too. But Willow... Willow, be honest with you. Willow was not better than the Andor. Show. Willow looked bomb, though. True or false? It did look good, though. I stand by what I said. All right. Um, <laughs> Sunday, the House of R comes back again to deep dive into Stranger Things episodes, uh, season four, episodes four through six. Okay. On today's show, wow. <laughs> Whoa, guys. We get to talk about old Ben Kenobi. Whew. Or what he was known as in a former life, Obi-Wan. This is a momentous occasion. We're going to give our reactions to the two-episode premiere of Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we're going to trim the fat right out of this podcast right now by getting to our spoiler warning. <laughs> we're getting ready to talk about General Kenobi. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming, and it's a great episode to be spoiled. Sorry, I'm giving away my take. Um, but before we get into it, we have to make sure that you guys know uh, the need to know. Now, I'm interested about this because you've got a manifest now, but it's for two episodes. How do you yeah. how do you rock that? You I'm keeping it tight. You keeping it tight? Keeping it tight like my it. butt. <laughs> what? I've been working on my butt. <laughs> I have. Like, I'm wearing shorts. I thought you were wait, 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 wait. You have to understand. We're doing this, like, in front of each other for the first time. <laughs> and the look is silent. The, si the stun, like, <laughs> one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Oh I've been working too hard on my body not to, like, let everybody at Star Wars go. Hey, oh, you just do, right. do the manifest, bro. <laughs> <laughs> do the manifest, man. <laughs> Guys, this is the first Midnight Manifest for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Parts one and two, both episodes directed by Deborah Chow. Part one and two, story by credits go to Stuart Beatty and Hosani Imani. Part one, teleplay credit goes to Joby Harold, Asani Amini, and Stuart Betty, while the part two teleplay credit goes to Joby Harold. And I'm going to do the plot for both episodes at the same time. So the story begins, as most Star Wars stories do in 2022, with the beginnings of Order 66. We see Jedi, Jedi Velti training younglings when clone troopers storm the lesson and start opening fire. Velti tries to get the younglings to safety, but dies in the line of duty. A young black youngling that might be Reva watches, and the younglings decide to escape. Ten years later, the Grand Inquisitor, the Fifth Brother, and Reva are on Tatooine, searching for Jedi Nari at a cantina. Nari escapes, but we soon learn that Reva is most interested in hunting down Obi-Wan Kenobi. Meanwhile, Kenobi, or now Ben, works harvesting meat in the Tatooine desert. He lives a hermit lifestyle in a cave, trying to learn how to commune with his deceased master, Qui-Gon Jinn, and watching over a young Luke from afar. 
Nari finds Obi-Wan and asks him for help, but the former Jedi advises him to bury his lightsaber in the desert and forget the Jedi Order. On Alderaan, Leia Organa is being mischievous and chafing against her responsibilities as a young princess. Young Leia is empathetic to droids, has very little patience for the Senate, and even shows a hint of Force sensitivity when she sees right through her arrogant cousin. Uncle Owen gets into an argument with Obi-Wan and tells him to stop leaving toys for Luke. Owen does not want Obi-Wan to train Luke, then the Inquisitors arrive in search of Jedi Nari. An Alderaan, Leia is kidnapped by Vec Nakru, and it's revealed that the plot is a way to smoke out Obi-Wan Kenobi. Bail Organa asks Kenobi for help, and after seeing what the Inquisitors do to Nari and hearing Bail's plea, Kenobi jumps into action. In the desert, Kenobi digs up two lightsabers, his own and Anakin's. In the next episode, Kenobi travels to the planet Dayu in search of Leia. During the process, he meets Haja Estri, who is impersonating a Jedi. After confronting Haja, he goes to a spice manufacturing lab, takes down the bounty hunters who kidnap Leia, and escapes. Reva is hot on their trail, and against the Grand Inquisitor's uh, tells all the bounty hunters on the planet to search for Kenobi. Through a series of events, Leia goes from being untrusting of Obi-Wan to finally believing that he's a real Jedi, and then ultimately, Obi-Wan and Leia escape with the help of Haja, but not before Reva kills or maybe not so much the grand inquisitor for trying to get in her way guys that is our first midnight manifest for obi-wan Kenobi. expertly done expertly done there's a lot of stuff give me a pound there motherfucker there's a lot of stuff there to uh to, to cram into two episodes and uh to cram into one one there's two episodes should i say to cram into one manifest you did a great job okay instant reactions i'll start first because normally i kicked at someone else but no <laughs> this was amazing Ooh. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. This was a perfectly paced, perfectly paced, paced, pitch perfect two episodes of television. Now, I'll say this real quick. When the first episode begins, starts off with like all of this catch up, right? All of this stuff really takes you through the entire prequel trilogy. What's up? It's interesting. We didn't get that. We did. At the, the screener. You didn't? We it didn't was get basically that. like a prequel sizzle reel. Yeah. Of, like, let me, bringing you let me up tell on... you, they make that sizzle reel sizzle. Like, it made those first three movies look amazing. Wait, so what I saw, you guys didn't see. What no, are you I, we've about? Seen, so, I've seen it since. So we see, yeah. I've seen it since. But the first time we watched it in the theater with, you know, Ewan and all the, you know, cast. and Sitting crew. right next to us. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I was right next to Ewan. Right. You know what I'm saying? He, you know, he chews too loud on popcorn, but that's besides the point. Yeah. What a jerk. You know what I'm saying? They didn't show that sizzle reel. We just went right into it. Interesting. You know? Exactly. Right? And for the for the listeners who don't know, they they showed a screening of Obi Wan Kenobi, and uh, me and Van were delinquents, and we our got, black asses decided not to go. We hung out by the pool, <laughs> and they got appetizers and watched the Warriors game. And Charles, <laughs> and Char- and Charles me and Charles had a, 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 a table full of appetizers, and we watched the Warriors game. We had game. a blast. Van was trying to get our waitress to watch Chippendale. Chippendale, <laughs> Chippendale the rest of you like, well, you should watch it. Um, it's a great movie. It is. Like, it like is. Great movie. Like it. Okay, um, so uh, when I first saw that, I was actually like, hmm. I wonder why they feel the need to plop us right back into this spot. I wonder what this means for the beginning of the show. And I don't know why. For no good reason, it made me a little nervous. Like, it was great to go back there, but it made me a little nervous that maybe it was... I, I don't like normally when that happens a lot. When you take me back... I've, we've seen all of this. We know all of this. I was wondering why they felt like they needed to do it. Uh, but once again... This was my PTSD for maybe other things that have come out recently because 
the show starts and doesn't miss a beat from the moment that it is on. I would say the strongest two-episode premiere maybe that I've ever seen in fandom. I'm willing to go that far. I'm trying to think of a two-episode premiere that is better than this. This was really fantastic. Right. I I mean, yes, no. Re- recency bias aside, like, it's pretty fucking incredible. Guys, listeners out there, I know. I know y'all like to hit on me. But boy, it was this crack on deck, boy. Yeah. They were stepping on the product for too long. Disney Plus was stepping on the product. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But in the words of my man Marlo, man, the price of the brick going up, my man, Obi-Wan Kenobi killed that shit. Yeah. This is what I've been, like, I'm going to get this gen off right now. Okay. I'm glad that we don't have you don't have a chair because you're standing this entire pod. Back and forth. Right. <laughs> I, this is very important. All right. I've been telling y'all for a minute with this Disney Plus shit. I'm just like, dog, like it can be better. Like it can be better. The promise of what the Mandalorian was, the promise of Loki. I'm like, dog, they can get to that next level. We just gotta hold them accountable. And after I watched those first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm like, God damn, they did it. This is like it was movie quality. Like I felt like I was watching a movie. I didn't like pause that shit to like check my phone. Like I was in it. Yeah, let me tell you something. The creatives, I could when, when I'm watching this, I could tell they were thinking, we gotta do it for Charles. <laughs> he challenged us to get to that next level so we have to deliver okay so we are 4-4 in agreement, agreement that we liked it oh it was it was incredible Jomi why so coming in you know I didn't really like I'm team no expectations I'm like we just Hashtag gonna no expectations we just gonna see what happens yeah right? near impossible task for this show but. well no I mean like it's I mean it's just like a me thing like I do my best to go in and be like Whatever I see on screen, I'm going to judge it for what it is. I'm not going to use anything, like, from the outside to to cloud my judgment. But, man, like, sitting... I saw, I, I watched it twice in, like, what, like, four hours. I saw four episodes of four hours. Special. Like, legitimately incredible TV from Obi-Wan being like, nah, I can't do this. Telling Bell, nah. And then going out there, no saber, handling business. Despite the fact you can see, like, like Ewan is just like sad. He's a sad man, and for him to like go out there and try and rescue Leia and like, you know, find out Anakin's still alive, it's just like, man, like sp- special. There's no like I can't really put into words how incredible those first two episodes were, man. I think this is probably the first Star Wars live action TV show that really delves back into what George Lucas wanted to do all along with the allegory of these stories being about like the Vietnam war or the war on terror. Like this is in live action shows you what happens when, like when you're watching clone wars, you realize most of the people in the galaxy don't give a fuck about this war. This war means nothing to them. And the clones and the Jedi who are now surviving, come back to a world that a didn't want them to fight this war B doesn't not view them as heroes. When I saw the clone in the second episode having to ask Kenobi for money, I was just like, oh, this is special because you see what happens. Even when you see the Safdie brother, the Jedi, imagine how sad that is to look at General Kenobi and be like, yo, you were the man. You were on the council. I gave my life to this cause. And the most you can tell me is go live a normal life. 
I think that this is such a like a mature show when I was watching because I was like, man, this is actually so much about like what it is to have PTSD, what it is to be a Jedi or a clone and to fight this war and to come back to a world where you're like, I don't know how to live a normal life. Mm. And I'm just like, that to me is so special. They could have done anything with this show and for them to be kind of that direct with it, like so it blew me away. I'll tell you what I think about that because I thought about this this morning. What you're describing is what this show had to do. Mm. So when we're first introduced to Star Wars, the majority, well, I wouldn't say the majority of us, I'd say for me, uh, speaking of people, you know, that were born in the 80s. When I was first introduced to Star Wars, I was introduced to a rustic space opera that was a Western in many ways, where people were living in a clandestine way, running from this large sort of behemoth of an entity that was trying to step, step on them. Put a base up. The base could only be up three, four months. You had to move it because the empire was always lurking. It was dirty. It was gnarly. It was nasty. And out of that, there came this elegance that was the force, that was the promise of the Jedi, not really the Jedi. In the entire first three movies, there are three Jedi. Yeah. Four if you count four if you count Vader, but really three Jedi that you really see, right? So the Jedi were. They were more than even being um, characters in the story. They were an ideal, right? When you rewind the story, that ideal becomes something a little bit more real. And you get what you get from Clone Wars and you get uh, in the prequel trilogy, which is a highly political, very detail-oriented, in-and-out, plot-driven, different type of kinetic energy show. It's about revenge and betrayal and backstabbing. And it's it's much more soap opery than even the other stuff. This show, as far as Obi-Wan is concerned, has to connect those two universes. Yeah. It has to show the breakdown of what was a beautiful, thriving republic to what comes into a loosely organized group of people that are oppressed by this incredibly vicious regime. And that is a tremendous thing to have to do. And the only character in Star Wars, in my opinion, that's capable of doing it is Obi-Wan Kenobi because he represents one of, didn't turn Jedi till he was 25. He represents one of the last people to pledge allegiance to that old way. And one of the, one of the people who has to make the tough decision to accept the new world as it is. And like watching him go through that, watching him tell someone who looked up to him, what did Kendrick say? I am not your savior. (laughs) Like like watching him look at him and say, hey, this is what the world is now. From somebody who's lost so much, he's lost Qui-Gon Jinn. He doesn't know where Yoda is. He lost Satine. He lost, he already, he, he lost Anakin in the worst. Right now he thinks he's dead. He's going to learn that he's not. So I don't want to take up too much oxygen here, but I think what you're saying that they delivered on is what they had to deliver on in order to not just make this show a hit, but to push this content forward a little bit yeah. and show us how we got there. Fellas, what are y'all thinking? No, it's beautiful. You hit the nail right on the head. I think that the you can draw more or less a straight line from Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith to A New Hope, but it's a long, long way to get there. And 
the beginning of that journey, even if it's 10 years later where we start this show, he's still very broken from what had come before. And then to think that he gets to where Alec, Guinness, Alec Guinness's portrayal is come the beginning of A New Hope, that's a pretty big journey for him to go on. And I'd like to see where this show can take it because he seems to be on that path for sure. Ben, ben Kenobi can use the force, but he is not your savior. He's not your savior. Right? Nah, I think, I think it is interesting because, you know, We'll talk about him in more detail later, but the Grand Inquisitor goes on the spiel about how the Jedi will always reveal themselves because they cannot help but be the best people and fight for injustice whenever they see it. And then we see Ben on on multiple occasions just ignore stuff. Mm -hmm. Has to. The guy who's getting shafted at the meet, he leaves him. The Jedi who's begging for his help, he's like, I'm good, boss. Keep it pushing. It's like, a total 180 on his ideals, but he has to do that to survive in order to one day train Luke. And you know it hurts him inside. Like when he's on every time he has to ride that uh speeder back into town, he's just like literally like terrible commute, looks, by the way. It looks awful. <laughs> Fucking animal into town, thing out of town, back into town, Oof. leave to go to the cave. Hey, at least there's no traffic, you know? It's true, yeah. But he looks I'm just a lot despondent. Of meat. That meat looks pretty good. Those it looks great. great Tuna? That's it looked like great. Was it, tuna. Was, it, was it a tuna? Like a salmon? I thought it was a Wagyu or something. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was right. saying like Wagyu. Well, it's wagyu? Dry, drying in the desert pretty quick. It can't be that high quality. I don't know, bro. He's cutting it. It looked, it looked pretty. He was saving a little bit for himself. You, you know, know what I mean? He's saving a little bit for himself. He got some cast iron, you know? Some Wait, can I ask pepper? you guys really quick? Because I think we brought up something where actually, I think this story is not so much about what, he's, what he can't do for Luke, but I got some kind of like... I think the genius of how they set up the story is that it bridges the gap where why the fuck does Leia believe in Obi-Wan Kenobi so much? That actually was the it's first so thing smart. that so jumped smart. into my mind. When you look at, when you think about it, and obviously I have all this lore. I'm talking about, let's go back to the first time I watched Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I was like, how does she know he's a badass just yeah. because of what she's heard? Now, obviously having read a lot more and having... You know, all of the other stuff, I, I get it. But this shows that why she would put so much faith in him. Not even just, like, faith of, like... Because I always read that when I first watched the movie. is like, oh, she's, like, read the tales of, like, this great Jedi knight. And I'm like, oh, no. Like, there's an emotional connection where instead of Luke being this chosen one who sets all this in motion, it kind of makes you rethink Leia's role in giving giving Obi-Wan Kenobi his humanity back and giving him something to fight for. Because if you think about it, if Leia doesn't get kidnapped and Leia and him don't start forming this bond, if he doesn't see in her her parents, does he go back to Tatooine? Does he he do all of these things? I thought that that was like a genius storytelling device because I think in the beginning, weren't there rumors that this was supposed to be a him and Luke story, like a baby Luke story, almost like the Mandalorian. And once the Mandalorian popped off, they kind of had to pivot a little bit. There were massive rewrites, basically page one from their original idea to what it is now. Uh, I don't know if it was specifically Luke that it was centered around, but like it was basically something a lot darker and a lot more and a lot less. It was uh, like Wolf and Cub, like the Mandalorian. So I just think it was, I wanted to give the creators credit of like, the Leia story, I was like, oh, this is just a genius move. I fell in love with that choice. I did too. Um, I loved young Leia. She's a pistol. <laughs> She's a little pistol. 
No, snips. I don't. She's guys, the new snips. I, I loved her. <laughs> I loved her. But towards the end of the second episode, when she starts running away from like Obi-Wan Kenobi and not trusting him, I'm like, girl, this is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Shut the fuck up. But, like, but, but, she doesn't but, know that yet. But she hey, doesn't know that you, yet. But like, look, first of all, Stranger Danger. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. The reality is, and, and you know, that's like, bro, that's how white kids are. Let's just keep it gangster. <laughs> like, like the reality. Look, I watch Ozark. Yeah. I watch The Sopranos. I, Steve, I know how you were as a kid. You know, your parents tell you, Steve, come inside. Don't talk to the tiger that's on the lawn. I want. He's my friend, mom. You know, I know how you got. I know you guys. And I wasn't even a senator's kid. And like, you weren't even was... a senator's kid. So she, I thought she was great, and I also thought. It's like, you know what, man? Leia, Leia has, is such a pivotal, important character in all of this. And she was from the beginning. Leia is a, is a revolutionary character in terms, obviously that decade you had amazing women in film. You had Leia, um, you had Ripley, you had great women in film, right? Leia takes that blaster and, and, and starts working in herself, right? She is no one's damsel in distress and she was never that way. Watching her read her little cousin for filth. By the way, <laughs> Belle, why awesome. would you why would you make her apologize? This nigga's talking mad shit. For real. Like, you, you, you know what I mean? Like, why would you make her apologize? So I I I loved understanding the the foundation of that. And I also liked the fact that Obi-Wan has a lot more to learn because he's asked to go on this mission to save her. And he says, My job is the boy. And in my mind, I'm thinking before Bale even says it, what makes Luke more important than Leia in that situation? I was so confused because I was just like, Obi-Wan Kenobi at this point doesn't know if either of them are force sensitive. So my first thing is like, you got to say, you got to say both of them. You don't know at this point. You'd have to imagine all. though. I, here's the thing though. When he meets Uncle Owen again, Uncle Owen's like, the only reason you care about Luke is you keep trying to see if he's force sensitive. Like that, I think even Uncle Owen knows that Obi-Wan's been waiting. So if I'm Obi-Wan, what? Luke should be about 10 right now? Luke is 10, yeah. They're, so they're he should have been yeah. showing force abilities already. So I would start getting worried. I think, well, by the way, I think she is. I think that I, I, I think she did. I think in the like chase, did When she read her cousin, I thought I viewed that as she's intuition. Her intuition. Yeah, yeah. she's so okay. And she even does it with, with Obi-Wan when she's like, you keep trying to hide things. Um but you're really not. And I'm just like, oh, she's so intuitive because she's forcing. Yeah, that, so I, so mm -hmm. she was definitely showing it. I saw Luke, maybe Luke's a little bit, maybe girls mature faster than boys because while she was doing all of that, Luke was playing Blaster. Late Force Boomer. No, he was Boomer. He was trying, he was on little trying to He's ride trying, the Bob Racer. Luke, Luke was yeah. trying to, Luke was, you know, she's, she's actually. Wait, I, I was reading Easter eggs. Did you guys know that the, uh, I didn't realize this, the toy that Obi-Wan drops yeah, it's off. the one that he does this to. Is yeah. the one that Luke uh, is playing with um, in, the new in the first one. In yeah. A New Hope. New Hope. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing with, um, and I mentioned this earlier with Obi-Wan, he's, he's a sad boy. So when, you know, he's like, Mom, I, my, I have to watch the boy or whatever. He's just, he just trying to duck the smoke. That's really what it's about. He's not trying to go out there and, and fight nobody. He's just trying to stay in his little hole and do his little thing because getting out there would not only risk exposing himself mm -hmm. as a Jedi, but also, you know, risk you know, him, like, maybe I'm not the guy I thought I was. So you think it's that he's, he's saying that about Luke because not so much because 
of anything. It's the easier thing. It's the easier thing to do. I can stay here and watch the boy rather than go out and go fight. I wouldn't say it's out of ease. I think it's more of the fact that like he is like he's like put Leia out of his mind because he's like, okay, well, she's clearly in better hands and a better situation than where Luke is. That's where my focus needs to be because she's off being a senator's daughter. Like, She's clearly safer, and like, there's no reason to worry about. Well, this. I mean, but, she, but she's not safe in the moment. No, right? no, clearly not. And Bale, like everybody in the room, everybody who's watching the show knows, like Obi Wan, we knew would go there and handle business. Of course, like, that's just what it is. Right. But him in that moment, he's like, "Bro, I'm not the same dude I was. Like, I can't go out there and do that. I'm just gonna stay in this hole. I'm gonna use the boy as a crutch. Like, I gotta, I gotta watch the boy. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, would you rather like go outside and fight like a thousand enemies, or like, oh, I gotta watch? Oh man, we're this ice in the fridge. Somebody got to go make sure it, it <laughs> well, you know? So let me ask you this. It's an excuse. Number one, I think this is the first time maybe he realizes that there is a significant degree of danger in Leia's life as well, right? Because she is so well protected on Alderaan. By the way, kind of tough seeing Alderaan. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Kind of tough seeing Alderaan thriving. They had fits in Alderaan. They had a nice, you just know that, yeah. God damn. Great tough. apartments. Great apartments in Alderaan. Um, but I, I guess my question for you, Jomi, would be if if like if that is the case, like, are, are you saying, are you he now knows that she can that danger can approach her. So knowing that danger can approach her, because the way I look at it is this, that's what I'm saying. The way I look at it is he might think she's safe on Alderaan, but now he knows she's not. And in many ways. Because of her exposure, she might be in more danger than Luke because no one even knows where Luke is. So are you saying that for him to take that mission means that he has to become Obi-Wan Kenobi again and that's something he didn't want to do? Or does he just care more about Luke? I guess I'm... Yeah, it's the, fir- it's, it's, the, it's the former. He's just like, I have to now, I have to go outside. And he risks his identity. He risks people finding out who he is. Yeah. That's one... And two, like I said, he's just like, bro, I can't be out here, you know, in the streets. Going, doing like that, that means I'm out of retirement. I'm out of retirement. I'm, and right? I'm done and with he now. is, he's not happy in retirement, <laughs> yeah. but he'd rather do that than be outside I risking mean, his life. He does dig up the weapons like John Wick, so. But yeah. also, I, I think. Very, it was John Wick. It's very John Wick. Yeah. But I think yeah. it's also we're missing like an emotional beat because you have to think if you're the director, they could have chosen anything for Luke to be doing in that moment when Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is spying on him. And Luke jumps on the house and he's acting like he's pod racing. And we know for a fact that Obi-Wan Kenobi has like PTSD. He's having these dreams of having to kill Anakin. And I do think the reason that they showed us the the sizzle reel of those prequels is because in that moment, Obi-Wan, we have to realize like he was mean to Anakin and Phantom Menace. He did not want him around. He's like, who's this fucking annoying kid? I don't give a fuck about pod racing. Can we leave? And I think him staying there emotionally is him being like, I can do this over again. Mm-hmm. I can reteach. Like, he's looking at Luke not as Luke, but he's looking at him as another Anakin. If I do this all over again, well, maybe I can do it right. That's why the digging up the lightsaber scene is so important to me. When he digs up the lightsabers, he doesn't just dig up one. Yeah. There are two in there. Mm-hmm. And really, that to me, when I looked at that, I was like, oh, interesting. So he didn't just bury himself. He buried Anakin Skywalker as well. And he had, he buried Obi-Wan Kenobi and he buried Anakin Skywalker so that he could live out his normal, regular life. I went back and watched 
uh, um, A New Hope, right? Like, to prepare. He doesn't seem embittered in that movie. Not he yet. seems resolute. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens, he doesn't seem, he seems peaceful. Yeah. Like, this is happening. Luke is starting to do it. I knew it would happen. Now let's get to it. It happened a little bit later than what I thought it would be, but now, now let's do it. He right. seems a little, he seems hesitant almost. But now he's very at peace with what it is that he has to do with the boy. He understands it. So there's going to be something that happens within the course of this show that helps Obi-Wan get to a homeostasis of who he is in the galaxy. But you know what that is? Yoda tells him. Yoda's like, I'm going to teach you how to commune with Qui-Gon. I think Obi-Wan also feels like a failure because he's trying to reach out to he's trying to reach out to his former master, but he can't. There's something with the force that's stopping him. There's a level of he's not he right now, after the Clone Wars and the failure, I think he's actually worse with the force than he was. That's why it's so hard for him to pick up Leia. Yeah, he's there's, out of tune with the There's force. something that's cutting it off. And I think what this show is going to get us to is like, how does the Obi-Wan that we know in this show get to the Obi-Wan that we see in A New Hope, who's like this wizened old man who's like, no, actually, I've talked to Qui-Gon. I'm at peace. Let's go handle business. Because what it's, happens in A New Hope, he doesn't. He can fight Vader. He's powerful enough to fight Vader. But he's like, actually, no. I want to be one with the Force. This is not how this story is supposed to go. And that's what I think is so beautiful about the choices that they're making. Let's talk yeah. about the queezies. <laughs> the queezies. Let's talk about the queezies. Young queezy. Young. Nah, fuck, the young. Fuck them. Let's. Talk- know why I fuck them? Why? They like any other fucking job. You have a white man looking at a black woman telling her, "Shut the fuck." <laughs> Like, I was like, I was like, really? yeah, he's, he's, he's literally white, by the way. <laughs> he's, like, he's like white with like a shade of green. He's like, yeah, he's he's like pistachio, yeah. like color. Steve, <laughs> tell me about the Inquisitors and how you view them in this story. Uh, they're bad dudes. No, um, I th- <laughs> it's interesting. I like we 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 were playing up the Grand Inquisitor so much. Who? Not uh, me. Who? Who? I watch Rebels. Grand Inquisitor ain't, 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 ain't he was getting run around by Ezra, bro. He can't let that happen. It, clearly, he can't let that happen. The fact that he doesn't really have control over his squad right now, that there's like dissension in the ranks from the third <laughs> sister, clearly holding a grudge against <laughs> Kenobi. It's an interesting sort of like dynamic here because like like I was I was waiting for the fifth brother to be like you're a loose cannon, like you can't be trusted, you can't be chopping people's arms off. Wait, on Tatooine. I need your can badge. I it's too hot out here. On my desk I, right I just now. I need to get Kimpin. Why does it got to be the black Inquisitor who got an attitude problem? Oh. Well, like, why <laughs> got to be black lady who got an attitude problem? Like, come on. I don't, I don't, by the way, I don't know that she has an attitude problem. You know what I mean? I'm not, say, I'm not saying she has an attitude problem. I'm saying that she's Steve. clearly taking a personal... Steve. I'm wow. not saying that. Here's, here's Steve, the thing. Steve, hold on for a second before we move on. Just give us your opinions on black women. <laughs> Because it seems to me that you think, it seems to me that what you really think right, is right. that this is what this is what you really think. What do I think? You think that third sister needs a. Wow! wow. Oh. No, no. <laughs> That's wild. Um, good thing about the third sister, man, and. Great character, Moses Ingram, you know, I think delivers. She's doing a fan. She's amazing. She's, 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 she is doing a great job. I kind of right? want her to win a little bit. You know? <laughs> it's it's awesome. Third sister's just 
the worst teammate you could ever have in life. Like right. there, it's it's like levels to it. Like we see in like movies all the time. You have you know level one. There are ops, you know, who fight against our good guys. Makes sense. Then there's like a second level where there's you know ops who you know they work against the bad guys because they want to help the good guys. Right? They're like double agents. You know what I'm saying? And then there's this weird third level where I think it's just the third sister where she is a bad guy working against the ops, but also against our good guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's helping nobody. Double fuck you to everybody. <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> like, she wants it for herself. Oh, and I'm like, bro, it's, you You got to work as a team. Like, what's going on? What she kind of on the nets? Real real talented, really naturally gifted. But when push comes to shove, she's like, she's she's box office, but at the same time, (laughs) you just don't know what's going to happen. What does this, what is her character and her single minded focus on getting to Obi Wan? And she doesn't seem to have any uh, allegiance to anyone, any of the other Inquisitors. What does that make you think about her relationship with Vader? Can I I pitch you Mm. on something? I feel like I got to read on it. Okay. So, I'm going to say this with all due respect. Oh, shit, After the go. show, y'all got to stop doing Order 66. We, we don't seen this motherfucker like 10 times on screen. Oh. But there's a reason I, I mean, think it's like a pivotal see. moment in the Star <laughs> Wars. Yeah, but every single time like, like, all right, here's a new vantage point on Order 66. But I think it's telling that they start there because there is this little black youngling who I think is Reva. Yeah. And she knows that that's Anakin's squad. She like, she can tell like Anakin is a hero. Um, He's a hero of this war. And she says something very telling. She says, the Jedi are cowards. They failed you, abandoned you. There's no point in protecting them. They would not do the same for you. And I think what ended up happening is is that she and those younglings run away. And the Grand Inquisitor says, like, yo, the only reason that you're here is because you're so naturally gifted, because she has the Force. And I think what those first two episodes are trying to show us are different vantage points of like, we see the Safdie brother. He was older. He was a Jedi Knight. And Obi-Wan can't do shit for him. She was small. She's just like, yo, Obi-Wan, actually, this is all your fault, bro. You, like, I'm mad at you because you started this. You, like, the way we got from Anakin to Darth Vader to everyone is literally you. And that's why I think she's so angry. And I think a lot of this these first two episodes in this show is going to be about how Obi-Wan, Anakin, and the rest of the Jedi Order failed that middle gap of, of people. Those people who were not generals, those people who were either younglings or Padawans, who are now existing in the galaxy, because you have to think, what, she was in the sewers trying to survive before she became an Inquisitor? They make, they make note to say multiple times, like, yo, these are Jedi. Like, that's what my reading of it was. Well, I like that because when she's talking to Owen in the, the little desert dust up, she is like, yeah, the Jedi won't protect you. You know, they'll, they'll let you die. Like, they don't, they don't care about you. And I'm like, bro, that's some real propaganda, you know, from the Empire. What's going on? But you think back and you imagine her as that youngling. Yeah. You know, she's got no love for the Jedi. She knows, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin was both like, they were supposed to protect us now. Look, look where I had to survive. Look what I had to do, you know, saying to make to make it up here, you know. So to your point, I think that's a that's spot on, really. And to note for her personal stake, it seems that like when in like that kind of last showdown near the end of the second episode where she's like, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to bring you to him. Anakin's alive. It doesn't seem like she's even hell bent on killing him. It seems like she's more actually 
in cahoots with Vader himself. No, it seems to like be, to me to know that Vader knows that Ben's alive. She wants him brought to bear. Yeah. She more more importantly than killing him, she wants him to answer for something. Yeah. Yeah. And because killing him is would be a simple enough task, right? You could do that out in the deserts of Tatooine. You could do that in <laughs> but like but she wants him to answer to Vader for something. That is why she taunted him mm-hmm. with that. She wanted to fuck his head up and let him know that there is something coming. I I think that I think that 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 is right, Steve. I think that she has a bigger goal than just cutting him up, hacking him up with with her lightsaber. She yeah. wants to see him stand and answer for something that she feels like she he did or didn't do. But also think about it because this is also a telling line when they're on Alderaan. Leia's uncle, when he's talking to Bale, he's real. He's like, yo, the Republic was a mess. We're getting paid under the Empire. I'm not here to free slaves. I'm not here to, like, talk about taxes on the Outer Rim. Like, I'm good. If you're Reva, you have to think. She was a Jedi youngling who none of the Jedi seem to have come to save. If Vader comes to her, he's like, yo, you could get three square meals a day. You're going to get paid. You're going to be a soldier. Look cool at outfit. How, yeah, look at how great you're doing. She might be like, oh, actually, the Republic was fucked up. Right. The Republic tried to make me a child soldier. And Anakin, and Dar- because like the thing the that Repub- you... The Republic wasn't going to make her a child soldier. <laughs> what? Yes. No, I no, mean, no, no, I mean, come no, on, no, man. No, guys, they were putting a lightsaber in her hand at like five years old. Tomato, tomato. You guys, <laughs> they were teaching her how to fight and use the force. You to don't become just, a soldier. You said, you guys, you said you guys, the Jedi should never have gotten into politics. Hold on. The Jedi, the Jedi should have never gotten into politics because it, be, it betrays the will of the force. Right. However, studying at the Jedi Temple does not necessarily mean that you are going to become a warrior. During there, the Clone Wars? There are Jedi that go out there and just fucking commune with animals all day and before, learn animal connections the to the Clone force. Wars. There are Jedi that go out there and just talk to plants. There are Jedi... You can't call them child soldiers, guys. That's I know. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, you, you can't call the them child. You can't call them child soldiers. They're not gonna send anybody. Well, 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 how old was Ahsoka when when she was assigned? She's like uh, like 17? 17, 18. No, she was not 17, 18. She definitely was. Uh, wait, when we first see her, like when we somebody check, like I, like, I want to say she it. was like. She was like 15. Uh, she's older than that, bro. No, not not when we first. Main her. question is where is my Jedi botanist show? They, they that's what I want. <laughs> They no, have, not I'm during the Clone Wars. The, 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 They're training the kids to fight in this war. They, they, what does it say? She was 14 years old. Okay. Ah, All right, come on, man. They're like, come on, bro. Don't do this. 14 years old. They're sending 14 year olds and like a sister was like that is, that leading a platoon. Like, that's come tough. on, bro. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. <laughs> I still I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, tough. that's tough. That's tough. It was another slip. I mean, she's for the Republic slip. at that point. I look, it's tough to send a 14 year old. To go talk to Captain Rex and she's talking shit to him. It's tough. That's no, because here's the thing: if you watch the early Clone Wars, like Ahsoka's talking like reckless to Rex. Reckless. Like she's like, I'm like, dog, you better back the fuck. Like, back the fuck. <laughs> no, she, looked, she looked at him dead in his Listen. eyes and goes, "Yo, I'll be let you know. Yeah, I'll rank you." <laughs> <laughs> they're made, of, they're made of tougher stuff in a galaxy far, far away. All right, like yeah. people are people are growing up fast. Yeah. Um. But look, I will still say this: I, I wouldn't. I, I I stand corrected in him on on the Ahsoka thing, but I will say that being a Jedi was much more about was was about way more than fighting. It was about way more no, than going out and killing people. As a matter of fact, before before they joined the war, and that's why I think Qui Gon Jinn 
was kind of like, yo, like the Jedi are getting too involved in politics. We're getting away from like the the aspects of like what we're supposed to do. And if I'm Reva, I'm just like, yo, like you guys were supposed to protect me. You were my family and you didn't come save me. Like this is all my reading of it. Because you could even say the same thing about Rebels. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, no, you make a solid point. So look, uh, a couple things here. Number one, the this dysfunction amongst the Inquisitors to me, completely validates the rule of two. If you read a lot of old stuff, the legend stuff, which RP to my legend stuff, you see that the fucking Sith couldn't get along. He couldn't get along. He killed each other, Sith war, and then they were like, hey, it can only be two of you motherfuckers. Maybe that's how it should be with Twitter activists. Can I, I'm going to pitch you on it this. It should be like a rule of two, because they can't get along either. Do you think the so Sith is like, which two are we keeping? Like, like, you know which, what I'm saying? Which, like, which ones are we keeping? Okay, these are the ones I would keep. Okay. Whoa! 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 Steve! Steve! Wow. Oh, oh, my God! I wasn't even thinking about that. Even Jesus. our Judas! Even our Judas, our brother was like, whoa! Arjuna! Arjuna <laughs> even was like, yo, yo! Steve! I wasn't nuts. even. <laughs> we, I got oh a punt on, I got a punt on the question now. We can't well, even do it we anymore. Can't, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't even do that. All right, we got. We can't do it anymore. Wait, can, I, can, I, can I ask you? Do you think the Sith prove the rule? You can't have like in the NBA, like big threes can't last. You need a big two. If you have a big three, there's gonna be one motherfucker who's just like, dog, I'm not getting enough touches. Like, fuck y'all. I think that she. I think that what you really had was somebody. She just needed. She just needed too many ISOs, bro. Like her, like the third sister was just. She's on on her own time. Yeah, she, she not, stabbed him. By the way, do we think he's dead? No. No, because we see him in Rebels. Let's so let's 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 clear this up for people who might not who might have uh, opinions on this. Of the Midnight Boys, before we get into this, who 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 do we think knows Rebels the best? Uh, probably Jomi. I Jomi. haven't watched it in like two or three years. Okay, so Jomi. Yeah. So where does Rebels take place in relation to the? Oh, look, it got sunny. Where does Rebels take place in relation to the? timeline that we're looking at right now so vader is vader the inquisitors are inquisiting i would imagine way has grown up in that yeah right yeah she's like a she's like a teenager she's, she's like she's a, she's so like a couple years younger than when we meet her in a new hope yeah yeah so she's like 13 like 14 13 14 yeah. okay so Maybe like, that's the case. The Grand Quizzer can't be dead. He can't. Well, he can't be dead because we see him die in Rebels. Yeah, yeah Kanan, so I'm saying, we exactly. see him in Rebels. Exactly. So, so what do we think happened here? Do we think he survives this? Do we think this is a clone of the Grand Inquisitor? Do we think this is a different Grand, Grand Inquisitor? Do we think this is a? I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it was a mortal wound. I mean, Darth Maul got half his half his body cut off, and he was running around. Like I think Star Wars is pretty like you. You might get stabbed and die. You might get cut in half and live. So I, I mean, would look imagine. at Anakin. Anakin had everything cut off. Yeah. He's still kicking. <laughs> but that's different, though. By the way, Obi Wan slice cauterized his wounds, which is why he was able to survive. But all star, all you know, blades cauterize wounds. Unless they stab you through the heart. Well, they usually don't. They usually stab you through your no, gut. No, she, she stabbed him through, got like, stabbed. through. He got stabbed in this like, shit. Kind of in like the abdomen area. Yeah. You can walk away from that. Qui Gon didn't walk away from but it. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's weird. Obi Wan, you can survive that. Also, we don't know. We don't know like the makeup of the Grand Inquisitor. We don't. From, that's from true. You can have a metal tummy. Also, <laughs> because the Inquisitors are, you know, they've been fucked up by Vader a lot, so they have a lot of like different 
cybernetic parts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Vader was just hacking Inquisitors up. Did y'all ever read the Vader comics? No. He's just awesome. he's a menace. He's just hacking. Wait, you, you don't them. fuck with the Inquisitors like that? Fuck no, not really. <laughs> he like at, later on he became it. At first he despised them because remember Vader has like a weird like in in the Sith. Remember in in, in the first trilogy where Vader goes. You don't understand the dark side. Like, I have to obey my master. Yeah. Like, there's this weird lust to appease Palpatine. And any and at first, he looked at the Inquisitors as an actual threat to his standing with the Emperor. So he didn't appreciate the way they fought. He said they fought like Jedi because they fought too defensive um, and they didn't know how to attack. So when he would spar with them, he would be cutting their shit off. He'd be hacking them to pieces You'd see guys coming out of there missing an arm, missing a foot. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, the Grand Inquisitor might have some cybernetic parts. Can, can I ask you this? Going into the second episode, how did you guys feel about seeing one of the clones basically being like a war veteran who can't, like, can't feed himself, has to beg for credits? Like, I was like, this is... We've yet to really see in live action how the transition from the clones to stormtroopers happened. You know what I mean? Because we're still in Rebels. You see what happens to Rex, but we don't really get a sense of like what the fuck happens to the clones after Order Order sixty six. There's well, a bunch of them out there. In well, in Bad Batch, like there's a lot of conversation about like clones are expensive. Bro. We just, we don't need to do this. Like, that was the thing. They were too expensive. So expensive. We don't cheaper. need to. Yeah, you can just conscript people. You can just capture people. You can just like you know who wants to serve the the Empire. You know what I'm saying? So after Jango Fed died. If I remember, they didn't have the purest DNA to make clones anymore, and they started glitching up a little bit. I mean, even in Clone Wars, they start saying around, I think it's the third or fourth season, they're like, yo, this DNA is starting to break down. Like, we're stretching this shit too fucking much. That's why they keep getting clones that, like, are, like, defective and look look weird or aren't really acting right. So, But it was just kind of really sad to think, like, damn, like, these clones, what— their whole purpose was to serve this war. Now the galaxy looks at them like, fuck y'all. Yeah. me. what's up? Kumail Nanjiani, tell, talk to me about him. So, so he plays, was it Hajj, right? Uh, a fake Jedi, right? We open on him trying to save this um, mother and son. And he's opening doors or opening windows with uh, buttons. And he's using magnets to pull uh you know, microphone, and he's like, I'm going to force trick into your mind, and da-da-da. And it seems all, you know, really real, except when Obi-Wan pulls up, and he's like, yeah, that's garbage, bro. <laughs> that's, yeah, get that out. Get them parlor tricks up out of here. And, you know, Camille Nagiani was, you know, doing Camille Nagiani, but I thought it worked. I thought I it was in this episode. Work. Steve? Yeah. I completely agree. I, I he He's... So charming when even when he's fleecing families out of their money for their own protection, um, but I did. But I do think that when his like in that eventual like turn to help Obi Wan like in earnest was very like sweet and humbling. And when he stands up to the third sister like that, like 
clearly knowing that she is not one to be fucked with <laughs> and is just like kind of doing his shtick. I, th- I thought that was very touching. I think he was a great addition to I, I this. I thought that sound, that was brave as shit. I think he truly didn't know what he was up against. Yeah, like, because if he, 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 like, if he like, did, he no he, way. Is he playing with her? Like, why would he think it would be okay to play with her? <laughs> he, he had to have <laughs> no idea what I'm he was surprised, up against. I'm surprised he didn't get sliced up right there, bro. Yeah, like, she's not, she not the one. Incredible restraint on her part. Super toxic, like Jada Pinkett with the force. Jesus like you know what I mean? Like, why would you think you could play with her? Like, <laughs> I have no clue. And it, it was cool. I really liked his character because I thought it showed. Obviously, they always give us some comic relief in 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 this Star Wars fair. But I think he had this weird, subversive sort of energy in a character they haven't nailed in a long time. To me, they haven't really nailed that that sort of. Uh, duplicitous. They nailed it twice off the gate, right? With Calrissian and then with Solo. And then they haven't really nailed that guy that begrudgingly does the right thing character in Star Wars in a while to me, at least in live action. Yo, did you know, shout out to Slash Film when I was doing research for this. This kid is, the kid who's force sensitive, his name is Karan Horn, who was a Corellian pilot he serves on the Rogue Squadron ace, and he's a New Republic hero. And he goes on to become a Jedi Master in the New Jedi Order. Interesting. So I was just like, part of me, shot slash film, where I got that. But potentially skeleton crew, or potentially... Ooh. Skeleton crew. Or potentially Charles a kid so who goes on crew. to, you know... That was my first thought when they were doing the Order 66. I was like, are we watching the pilot for Skeleton Crew right now? Is this skeleton what we're doing? Are we, are we really excited about Skeleton Crew? Hell no. You say Jesus really like it's like Christ. really like I'm asking about I watch Skeleton Crew. I'm open to anything yeah, that happens. Yeah, you phone. are not open because you did like the mid hand sign when we was sitting in the crowd. <laughs> like yeah, you did. <laughs> why, why 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 is he? <laughs> this dude just right is like Chuck Coke Baby sixty nine over here. No, because here's the he thing. Just to write it on me. Y'all think the funk, like, y'all be saying some real shit. I did not say... And then say, when, when the microphones turn on, you're one, like, oh, this one, is amazing. I said I'll watch Skeleton Crew, but if you're asking me right now, am I looking for Saved by the Bell in the galaxy far, <laughs> far away? <laughs> Saved yes. by the Bell? Hell not, yes. I would nah, take Saved by the Bell. A high school you comedy know, sitcom with Star Wars? Yes. This episode is brought to you by Brooks. Calling all running nerds, Brooks has just dropped the Go 16, a sweet name for an even sweeter shoe. If you're looking for comfort for that morning jog or when you're hopping on that treadmill, look no further than the Go 16, which has a nitrogen-infused cushioning. That means it's nice, soft, and lightweight. So you got the comfort, but you don't sacrifice the speed. Turn those everyday miles into everyday endorphins and the better-than-ever Brooks Go 16. Click or tap the banner to learn more. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. 
One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Let's go to quarter flips. Do you have any quarter flips? I have one or two. Ooh, Steve. Now Steve with some... Oh, my God. Junior Mints getting formation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Steve, where are your quarter flips? Uh, one quarter flip. Uh, I've been watching just a lot of Better Call Saul. And when you bury something in the desert, you got to put a marker somewhere. <laughs> How does he know where the so, fuck those lightsabers are buried this again? This is terrible. But, this is the future. This he is probably this has dog. a this beacon, in, got a beacon in there. Also, is, there's a kyber crystal. It's not, I can he, guarantee Obi-Wan can kyber crystal. crystal it's just, uh, all right, worst. all right, fine. I got a better one. No, nah, you yes, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's stay on this one for a second. <laughs> 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 let's hold stay on, on this. Hold fucking hold debunk on. me. <laughs> now, there's not just one kyber crystal in there, there's two. They're double the kyber crystals. He can definitely feel where they are. Also, also, we know that some Jedi can feel the emotions from, like, objects. Like, if somebody touches an object, they can, like, they can feel, like, the past, future, present of that object. That was fucking Anakin Skywalker in his, in his fucking lightsaber. He could feel that shit. Are you, are you telling me Obi-Wan Kenobi can't, like, find his own lightsaber in the desert? That's, yes. Yeah, well, now I feel wild. silly. Now I feel very silly. silly. You, you, shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel silly uh, at all. When Obi-Wan asks Leia how old you are, you know exactly how Good old she is. <laughs> she know yeah. exactly how you old she is. You were there at dro- her birth. You dropped her off. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You know, good. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, that, one, like, that one right there, he knows. It, Jomi, Here's God damn thing. it, Jomi. But he no, knows exactly how old she is. He was you, there at her birth. Don't act listen, like you don't know me. But like, you listen to her. She's like, bro, you talking like a grown woman. How old are you, man? Oh, so he meant, he meant it facetiously. Yeah, he meant saying. Of course he knows how old she is. Like you said, he was there. Why wouldn't he? But when she was like reading him for filth, he's like... How old are you, bro? Like, you know why are you talking to me like that? You know what I just thought about? A lot of my nephews, like, I was there at their birth, but I don't really remember how old they were. <laughs> okay, here. All right, fine. I'll, I'll make it easier for you. I'll make it easier for you. I'll make it easy for you. I was there when they were born, but I can't remember which year it was. You know what I mean? Van, I can't, I, it's, I'll make I, it easy for you. Damn, I just fucking quarter flipped my own self. Okay. So the first time it's happened. You've been, you've been soft uh, stalking one of your nephews identical twins. You know exactly how old he That's is. True. That's true. So you probably know how Can old she is. And we're going to do a quarter flip. Right. I don't know. The Grand Inquisitor kind of went out sad, bro. Like, you're supposed to be the leader and, like, you know she's on one and she just goes, pop! And he's, like, down. What the fuck? Like, because I saw the Grand Inquisitor could get busy. I felt a little cheated that we didn't get to see like the helicopter lightsaber like slice yeah. somebody up yeah. like Indiana, out, Indiana Jones style. Bro, like, we, wanna... we didn't talk about this. He pulled but, it out. I mean, hold on, we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Look, I, I've I've been on the record. Grand Inquisitor ain't who he's supposed to be, bro. When Ezra Bridger is giving you fits, bro, and, and Ezra Bridger is a cool dude. He's got he's in his bag. Ezra Bridger's like what, like thirteen, and he's like you are running. He's running circles around you. You know what I'm saying? It's but he's not, not. But those guys aren't Sith. There's something below that, right? So they're so they're they're first they're force sensitive force users. It's not like he's a Sith apprentice. I mean, Ezra Brizzle, Ezra wouldn't give uh, he wouldn't give Dooku fits. You know, he wouldn't no. give Maul fits. Exactly. So so those guys got to be a rank and file. Of all all yeah. I'm saying is like the Grand Inquisitor was never something to me. So for him to go out like that, I was not. I was <laughs> oh, not you surprised. Was never on the Grand Inquisitor. I was wait, so on I, the train. Wait, I get, so are you saying that because Reva potentially? He's a for like he's like former Jedi. I don't know if the Grand Inquisitor was. 
I don't know where he came he from. Was. Well, Jedi he in was. the sense that like the Grand Inquisitor was, was a the Grand Inquisitor yeah. was a guard yeah. at the Jedi, the Jedi Temple. Temple. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Um, I forgot. I forgot. He was a uh, he was a guard at the Jedi Temple when they arrested Ahsoka for uh, the bombing falsely. And oh then, yeah, uh, I remember this. He guy. Yeah. got all pissed off about it and later on left. exactly. But still, which actually kind of. I mean, well, then if that's the case, then that kind of cuts against my argument that he should be pretty in tune with the Force. But he's still not a, a Sith apprentice, but he should be... Yeah. Levels to it. Yeah. For sure. Sure, yeah. yeah. We haven't talked about it, but I thought Flea was awesome. Flea was lead, good job. Here's my prediction. I don't great. think Flea even needed to go into wardrobe. I think he just showed up like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just showed up wearing that. Also, we we didn't talk about this, but like, they love them some spice in these shows. We had a little Breaking Bad scene where they were like cooking meth up in the kitchen, right? <laughs> and shit like that. Did you Fucking, know that? Also, okay, that was this answered our question of what spice does to you, of what kind of drug spice mm-hmm. was. Right? He spice bombed them, and yeah. they were out. They were it, cooked. Yeah, cooked. Yeah, I think it's meth. Now that I think about it, I think like probably some strong stuff. Really yeah. dark seeing that like thirteen year old girl sell Obi Wan on some. That was uh, spice. that was McGregor's daughter. <laughs> that's really? why the audience cheered. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think that's McGregor's like, daughter. Really? What reference? Yo, for is real? Which I think real? so. That's Ian McGregor's daughter. I believe it is. Nigga, can somebody check that? He's got it. Arjuna, Arjuna's been like helping us out back here on the on the on the phone. No, nah, but it was funny Google. when she's just like, "Oh, yo, this one, this one for you. You'll be back." Like, <laughs> I was that so was confused. That's great because in the screening, the audience cheered, and I was like, "What comic is she from? I've never seen this girl before in my life." Yeah, I don't know who this is. Why? No, yeah, that definitely cheering? was her. I'm seeing her picture. Now. Yeah, that, that definitely good. was her. She's a good little actress. Yeah, she's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Good. So, last thing, predictions for the series. Uh, we're gonna go through a couple of these. I'm not going to make any, like, I have some predictions, but I'm not going to, there's no expectations Yeah. Some are no expectations. Some are no opinions, really. Um, shout out to Steve. Uh, cameo predictions. Oh, man. Who, I, we, we haven't talked about it, but who did uh, Haja send them to go see? Because he's mm. saying, he's like, Obi-Wan, like, yo, like, go to these coordinates and Leia's trying to convince Obi-Wan, like, hey, like, we keep yeah. getting shot at. We have to trust someone. Yeah. And it seems like he's working with someone to get four sensitive kids away. Is it potentially dun 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 Ahsoka? Ooh. I feel like I feel like the over-under on Ahsoka showing up at being two episodes in is now a lot lower. Cause I'm knowing that the the pace and the tone of this show is set now, I don't think we see Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. But where, but where are these kids? Like, where would a force sensitive kid go? Who's still out in the galaxy who can help them? It's, it, that's true. That's like, true. that's there. I, I'm, I feel like I'm not really banking on seeing a, an Ahsoka cameo in this. Not just yet. I don't. I feel like we gotta, like Obi Wan's gotta follow this Leia beat a bit more before we would possibly see that. And I feel like that might bog down the show a tiny bit. I don't in know. A weird way. I don't know if it's confirmed, but I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that we will either hear or see Qui-Gon. Yeah. Yes. Like oh, that's, that's for happened. sure. Like, Liam I think, Neeson I think, is for yeah, sure. Qui-Gon of it all. For sure Liam Neeson, you know, he went on Atlanta first. He's Yoda? always going to get the Star Wars back. Ooh, we, we might hear that's Yoda. A, that's maybe a Yoda. Maybe. I think so. Yoda? Maybe Yoda in some way? Yoda's around. Yoda's I, don't, around. I don't think Yoda, I don't think where they're making the trip to Dagobah, but I could imagine like in like a force, um, you know, meet up, little, little force, force time. Chewbacca? No. Nah. No Chewie? No, no. Chewie. 
Oh, Chewy. Chewy's like this is this is this is this is Chewy. Here, yeah. you know, I love no. Chewy. That's, a, you guys, that's you guys, an interesting. Guys, mm. you guys, no, like, just, no. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. I, I I feel like I, you don't want to see Chewy. You guys acted like it wouldn't be awesome to I, see him. I feel By like the way, I'm gonna be honest with you. Chewy's the most underrated character in Star Wars history. Underrated? Wow, yeah, you, must, you must have drafted him higher then. Uh, whatever, I didn't draft right. him. <laughs> you chose you chose Chewbac over fucking Chewy. Come on, bro. That's a good pick. That's a good great. That's a good pick. By the way. This only proves my point <laughs> that Chewie is the most underrated character because I because you think, underrated him because I underrated him. Um, uh, Chewie's no, I, amazing. I, I think that like we are building clearly towards this Anakin showdown, and I feel like we if yeah. we if we circle the wagons even a tiny bit around the Mandoverse or like like other little tiny Star Wars cameos, while nice, I think that might be eating at the heart of the show a tiny bit. So, and I feel like the the show knows that, and I feel like it might be smarter than that. So let, let's let's do let's let's ask this question then. Since you know we we know who we think we might see, we know who we think we won't see. Uh, how much Vader do you think you're going to get? Well, the uh, episode two ends with you know Hayden Criticin. He's in the bathroom tank, the bathroom you tank. know, getting yeah. getting warmed up. I think we're going to see a little more than we thought. I honestly, think a bold prediction is. Like a full Anakin episode. Woo! That's what I like. Yeah, that's bold. That is bold. If I'm gonna be real, if just like if chill Darth out, Vader, on, chill out on Mustafar and like <laughs> be sad with Anakin for a whole forty five yeah. minutes. If Darth Vader ain't ain't in this shit like a lot, I'm gonna talk my shit. You're gonna be up. You're gonna be up. You, you get Hayden know. Christensen back. You're not gonna be doing that. Like you don't. See like you saying? don't bring that. Once I again, know. expectations. They kill you. Damn you right. Like like you Damn can't. You right. can't do that. No. Some are no expectations. Some are no we expectations. Are they kill we, are we can get a totally great show and never see Darth Vader. Number one, they could never come back to it. They could never come back mm-hmm. to it. That's it. That's all we see. That's uh, all, all we see. see. That's it. <laughs> and we can have no actual expectations. Zero percent expectations. Because Darth Vader is coming for the what? final show. I That's didn't the... watch the Thor Love and Thunder trailer. Oh. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch Yeah, you better off. I didn't. Christ, I didn't watch the Thor and Love, Love and Thunder trailer by no. choice. By yeah. choice, no expectations. No expectations. I stayed away from Eric Voss. I stayed away from Steven Spielberg. I stayed away. I stayed away from all, all of these people on here that had that did literally like. Shout out to all of my people. Shout out to Rob from Comics Displaying. Shout out to New Rockstar. Shout out to everyone. Shout out to everyone that can do like thirty minutes on a trailer like we can. Shout out to everyone who can do that content. And it, it killed me not to watch this shit. I'm so addicted, dog. Like, I was, I was in the it house is. It's a- feeding. Caligula was like, why don't you just watch it? I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> Bring me some methadone. Like, I, it killed me not to watch the trailer, but I still have not seen it. Was it good? Tell me I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, too. It's going to be fun. Charles? Okay, let's move on. I got, I got one thing. I got one thing. What's up? Me and Mal talked about this in the in the screening. The line is 0.5. How many hello there's do we get? You taking the over or the under? I I think maybe zero. Yeah. I think you taking the under? Zero. Zero hello there's. I'll go with that. I'm still sticking with my I'm thinking we're gonna get one. Taking the over. I think it's tough. I I would take the I would take the over because it's such an iconic line. And like, if you're gonna have, you're gonna bring Obi Wan back one night only, you know what I'm saying? You give the people the hits. I don't know. 
I don't I don't know if this is like a fun show, quote unquote. If you know what I mean. What? Like it's not gonna be like that that that, that line has such like memefied and like it's kind of like a piss taking like context. It's kind of like a whimsical thing. Sure. Like they can do that on the press tour. They can do that in like all of this this internet stuff, but like I I don't I don't know. I if mean, that I will the it reason why you might be right is because when we get like the hologram of Bale, I was like Dog, if y'all do help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, I'm a fucking. Uh, that's we, what I'm saying. I'm like, a don't fucking. Say it. We were like, like, don't say, don't say. It. We, we were like, the screen and we bro. leaned in. We we're like, is, that, is he gonna it? do it? Is is, is he gonna do it? Is Jimmy Spitz gonna say the thing? I, here's the thing, like to the show not being fun. That scene with the Jawa, it's hilarious. Oh, so fun! It's I legitimately had, so I had, funny. I had enough fun. I had more yeah. than enough fun in the show. I thought Kumail Nanjiani was fun. Yeah, like I thought I had fun in the show. It's just that. Sometimes you got to catch a little girl when she jumps off the edge of a building in the show. Sometimes you got to kill the Grand Inquisitor. Sometimes you got to talk that weird Jedi shit. Sometimes you got to <laughs> eat weird meat in the desert. That was weird. You got to yeah. do it. This is a... Look, we want we want to have some fun. This is a downtime in the galaxy, guys. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. A, like, bu- this, big bummers. Like, yeah. This is a... De- Obi-Wan Kenobi was eating chunky, chunky noodle soup. I how about like, this? God, <laughs> this point in the galaxy that they're in, is like this point in real life that Oof. we're living in. Uh, so, so like we we can have, so you know what we're gonna do in the galaxy in this show and in real life we're gonna have as much fun as we can. Right. Yeah. Like like so so every laugh we're gonna appreciate it. Yeah. Every time we get to kick it and have a good time we're gonna appreciate it because right. the empire is out there, motherfucker. God damn it. I've come back around. We're going to get like three hello there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is a wrap. Uh, lots of pods coming your way this weekend. This morning, the House of Art released their latest pod on season four of Stranger Things, episodes one through three. Check the feed and socials for any emergency pods we'll have. Reacting to the news this weekend while we're here at Star Wars Celebration. I want to tell somebody, tell everyone something before we go tonight. Universe bonding. It's Star Wars night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tonight, Arjuna, Steve, Fan, Jomi, Charles, Mallory, we all hit Disneyland. Woo! Steve has never been to Disneyland before. Never been to Disneyland. Really? Never been to Disneyland. I can tell. <laughs> what, Please what do you tell mean me by how that? you can tell? What do you mean Please by Please tell that? me how you can tell. There's a lack of whimsy in your life, Steve. Wow. I'm about to get whimsical tonight. Okay. Oh, we're like, whimsy. I'm, we like, we like, I'm, I got it. I'll be I like take, this the whole night. Take ah. care of everything. I'm like Tupac right now. All ears on me, Steve. I got you. <laughs> I'm going I'm to get you some ears. You put the ears on. I'm going to get you a special C3PO ears. We're going yes. to have lightsabers made. Join me the only one right now with a lightsaber. Fucking fucking us up. He fighting white kids in the hall. It's nuts. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like, the, like he, he actually, he actually got a lightsaber duel with a kid out in the hall. It, oh, was, it? it was fun. The kid, it's, it's like, the kid put on his, so the kid put on, he like a blue lightsaber. I think he said it was from, uh, Cal Kestis, right? He yeah. was like from my favorite video game. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And he turned it on and Van was like, Jomi, you gotta Jomi, like, what you doing? So he turned it on and looked at Jomi for some smoke. Jomi walking down the hall. I'm like, Jomi. Uh, so, so, I, so I turned around. I, I uh, It's got like multiple colors. I set it to red and we went we went at it for a little bit. I love that. He was handling I, it. I, I, I loved it because you, you have a difficult time to, like setting the colors right because you gotta like flick you it. You gotta like, flick way. it and turn so it. So yeah. I'd imagine you like a kid just waiting for you to fight him and just be like, hold on. Fuck, yeah, ex- literally, he was just standing um, there and I was like, I got you. Hold it's, on. Wait, it's got to be red. Hold on. And we got it. Yeah, yeah, fun, man. The Star Wars thing is fun, bro. We're having a great time. So we're getting busy. And Sunday, the House of R comes back again 
again to deep dive into episodes uh, four of six of Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things season, what is it? Season four? Season four. Episodes four through six. It's going to be amazing. Okay, our producer credits, guys, who we can't do this without. Producer Steve Almond Joy. Uh, Junior Mint Stand Up. Jomi Adinaran is on social. Junior Mint Stand Up. Hashtag free Jomi on social media. Additional production from Arjuna Ramkapal and Mike Wargon. Before we finish with the producer credits, everyone right here, give Arjuna a round of applause. Everything that we're doing here at Star yes. Wars uh, Celebration we're this weekend. We're clapping with Mike's in our we, you can't, we're, like, we're not making any Everything that we're doing yeah. here at Star Wars Celebration, <laughs> the hotel rooms we're in, the Disneyland we'll see. Yes. Uh, all of the panels that we've attended. Everything has been painstakingly arranged by Arjuna Ramgopal. I need everyone out there in the Ringerverse to give him all the Big love because it yes. has not been easy Woo! for him to, yes. uh, if, to do all of this. And we really, really appreciate Arjuna. If Bill Simmons is the podfather, Arjuna Ramgopal is the confather. The confather. Confather. The confather. Con 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 all right. We are out. Charles, take us out. We played a game of Fuck, Mary Kill with She-Hulk, uh, House of the Dragon, Ring, uh, Rings of Power, and what was the fourth one? Andor. And Andor. Which one went So last? give it to me again. She-Hulk, Andor, Rings of Power, and House of the Dragon. Fuck, okay, you Mary gotta Kill. you got to kill House of the Dragon. Hell wow. yeah. Damn. Don't, Don't let me out hear this. Don't let me out this. Hear my smell. You got you to gotta kill House of the Dragon, man. Really? House of the Dragon is on a 10-day contract. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie, man. House of the Dragon is on a ten day contract with me. Oh, I'm man. A, I'm, a, I'm going to tune in for House of the Dragon, but if House of the Dragon don't get me from the first one, I'm not fucking with House of the Dragon like That's that. I'm not. not I'm, wow. I'm not breaking back. I see. I mentioned this where I'm like, like people got some bad tastes in their mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. And I really don't have this. the patience. Do you think the average fan? Do you think the average fan after the last season of Game of Thrones is gonna give a fuck about House of the Dragon? I, I think that it's. Like for, yeah, I think they will. So I, I think that for me, it's it's enough intrigue and there's enough emotional connection to that world to submit to it. Mm -hmm. They just gotta deliver quickly. With Game of Game of Thrones didn't. Game of Thrones was good from the beginning, but I watched Game of Thrones just being like, God damn, this shit is crazy, and this shit is crazy became a deeper interest into the political machinations of the show, a deeper bond with the characters. Um, two, at the end of the season, them beheading Stark and me being like, what the fuck is this oh, show? Let's, let's be real. It wasn't until the season finale where I feel like Game of Thrones became like, everybody's like, oh shit, anybody can get got on this show. Right. So, so like with House of the Dragon, okay, nah, I don't know. <laughs> it's like it's like we've, it's, you know, it's tough. All right, who are you fucking with? Attendance is tough. Huh? Oh, okay. Uh, so I, I got to, I gotta marry. I have to marry She Hulk because I'm just not gonna say, "Yo, I'm about to fuck She Hulk." It just doesn't sound right. Okay? <laughs> uh, He's not with it, Steve. You're not seeing the vision. See, you don't like you don't like big, strong, confident women. I do, but I just feel weird saying I want to fuck She Hulk. It just doesn't. It's fine. It doesn't feel right. So yeah, yeah and you're a monk friend. It's a safe space, man. It's just I am going. I'm, nobody else is listening. Nobody so, and, so Andor. Uh, I am going to. I gotta be honest. I gotta fuck She Hulk and marry. <laughs> Rings of power been Andor, shit, man. Andor oh. looks fucking insane. Nuts. I'm saying.